Shalom, 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 family. This is your boy Ezekiel Ben Israel coming back at you from Nation Not Desired. Did you know that the elites have put together a diabolical plan to depopulate the earth and that no one on this planet is excluded from this movement? It's true. One of its key players is, that's right, your very own computer guru, Bill Gates. The plan itself is called Agenda 21. Now you may be asking yourself, what can I do about this? This man is very wealthy and powerful. That's true, he is. But do you also know that you have powers as well? Powers untapped until now. The powers that I'm speaking of are wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Proverbs 1 and 5 says this, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. This is where Nation Our Desire comes into play. We want to keep you on the path of life through our teachings. We help you, you help us with your finances, your prayers, and your encouragement. You can become a patron at Patreon by typing in Ezekiel Ben Israel and submit your questions to nationnodesire at gmail.com. Listen, family, I've taken up enough of your time. Let's get to the message. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Nation Now Desired. In this episode, we're going to be dealing with the Proverbs 31 woman. All of you single women out there and all of you women out there that are currently married, you have a head or you're going to have a head. OK, and you're going to know how to be you're going to learn how to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Now, this is, of course, this is not going to happen overnight, which is the main reason why you need to pay close attention and you need to take good notes and follow along. And for all of you out there who don't, say, for instance, you grew up without parents and uh, you feel like, well, you know, I'm, I'm a, I was a foster child. I'm a bastard child. Uh, don't worry about it because... Um, at the end of this, you're not going to have to worry about it because you're going to have parents. So without further ado, let's go over to Proverbs, the 31st chapter, Proverbs, the 31st chapter, and we can begin reading there. Proverbs chapter 31. And somebody give me Psalm 27 and 10, Psalm 27 and 10. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. Okay, now, do do anybody know who King Lemuel was? A king of Judah? Yeah. Very good. You played it safe by saying that, didn't you? King Lemuel is King Solomon. Lemuel is another, another name that his mom gave him. But this is actually King Solomon. Now, who is King Solomon's mother? Bathsheba. Bathsheba. That's right. Now we know that Bathsheba was also whose wife? King David. Mm-hmm. Whose wife was he? Was she before that? Uriah the Hittite. That's right. Okay. Just so we have a brief history of this woman. So she turned out to be a really uh, righteous woman, and we're going to see just how righteous of a mother and woman that she became. 
Yeah. Uh, somebody give me Psalm 27 and 10. Read that verse one more time for me. Verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. So this is a prophecy. Why is this a prophecy? This is a prophecy because uh, it is something that's going to be foretold, that's going to happen. So we know that she told King Solomon this when he was a young boy. And then it would come into fruition when he became the king. So, all right. Let's uh, see what uh, Psalm 27 to 10 has to add to this. Psalm 27, verse 10. This is for all of y'all out there who worry because you didn't come up with parents in the home. Or they were derelict. Or they gave you to someone else. Or you were in a foster home. This is for you. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Did you hear that? So you don't have to worry about if your mother or your father forsakes you. If your mother or your if your natural mother or natural father forsakes you, the Lord says that he will take you up. He becomes your mother and your father. Uh, some A lot of times he becomes your mother and your father just by meditating on his word day in and day out. Because really and truly all a mother and father, all a natural mother and father is supposed to do is guide you through life. Okay? And they're supposed to guide you through life scripturally. Not based on how they was raised. Not based on what they think. They're supposed to raise you up in the scriptures. Alright, let's move on to verse 2. What does that say? And somebody give me Leviticus 27 and 2. Verse 2. What, my son? And what, the son of my womb? And what, the son of my vows? So you see, this mother, she made vows. Now, she didn't just make vows out in the air to anyone or to someone uh, other than the Lord. She made these vows to the Lord concerning her son, Lemuel, or Solomon. Let's, um, let's see uh, what Leviticus 27 and 2 has to add to this. And then Deuteronomy 23, 21 through 23. Leviticus 27 and 2. What does that say? Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When a man shall make a singular vow, the person shall be for the Lord by thy estimation. Now, what does that mean? That means, if you have ever made a vow to the Lord concerning anything in your life, if you've made a vow concerning someone, in your life. The Lord says that it's got to be according to the estimation when it was first made. So you can't later on in life go and change that and say, well, Lord, I didn't mean it quite like I said it. Okay? So if you made an estimation concerning somebody, you have to keep your word concerning that person. That's the reason why when you have marriages, they have what you call marriage vows because they're made in the sight of the Most High. You see? Um, give, me, give me Deuteronomy 23, 21 through 23. And then give me Ecclesiastes 5, 4 through 5. You can't change a vow just because you start to experience a little turbulation in your marriage or because uh, you start to being hurt and disappointed. You can't change your vows. 
You can't change anything because it was done in the presence of the Most High. And he's going to hold you to those vows. You're going to pay those vows or you're going to pay it with your life. Uh, what does it say? Deuteronomy 23, 21 through 23. What does that say? When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, mm -hmm. thou shalt not slack to pay it. And also, just in case you're wondering, if you were prior, if you were in prior Christianity or Roman Catholicism, remember, you were still in this same book. You were still coming out of the same book, the Bible. So it doesn't matter if now that you know that you Israel, nothing changes because the scripture was read the same way. You interpreted that scripture the same way. And even if you didn't know, the Bible says that you're going to perish from a lack of knowledge. You're still going to perish because the Lord is going to send someone to you to make sure that whatever you're doing in your life, he's going to give you the mercy. He's going to give you the time to get it right because you're from the 12 tribes. You are his chosen people. OK, so he's going to give you the time to get it right. He's going to send people to you to minister to you the way that you need to be ministered to to understand this. For the wives, he's going to give you a husband that's going to minister to you. Your ministry is not going to come from any other man. He's going to send you a husband that's going to minister to you. And if you don't have a husband, then he's going to send you a group of faithful men that's teaching the right thing that you can learn from. Amen. Okay, so Deuteronomy 23, 21 through 23, what does that say? And then give me Ecclesiastes 5, 4 through 5. Oh, did you read that already? Deuteronomy 23? No, not yet. Okay, Ecclesiastes 5, 4 through 5 is next. Okay, come on. When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. Mm-hmm. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee. That's right. And it would be sin in thee. See? So it's sin in you because you said that thing. Lord, I promise if you would just do this for me this time in my marriage, I promise I'll be a good wife. See? Okay? But the Lord has never forgotten that. And I don't care if you're going through problems now in your marriage or whatever. You better, you better, you better uh, honor that vow that you said without your mouth. Ecclesiastes 5, 4 through 5, what does it say? Ecclesiastes 5, 4 through 5. Uh huh, what does that say? When thou vowest a vow unto God. Excuse me? Ecclesiastes 18 and 22, get that ready. Uh huh. When thou vowest a vow unto God, mm -hmm. defer not to pay it. Don't, don't defer to pay it. Don't ask for time to pay that. When you got the time, you got the energy, you got the health, you better pay that thing up. Come on. For he hath no pleasure in fools. The Lord is calling you a fool. If you don't pay that thing up, woman, he's calling you a fool. Okay? Um, Ecclesiasticus 18 and 22. The Lord don't have no pleasure in fools. And plus that, you also, it has a lot to do with your level of integrity too. If you say you're going to do something, you better do it when it comes to the Most High. Because he's going to require that thing of you. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow. It's better that you had never said this thing. Come on. Than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. But see, the thing is, is that 
we get ourselves into jams in life and, and we don't have any other way out of it because we think, oh Lord, uh, somebody's going to find this out about me or somebody's going to tell this on me or whatever. And then you make a vow. He said, Lord, if, if, if you just, if you just help me this time, Lord, I promise you, I will stop doing this. You say that out your mouth. See, the Lord, <laughs> the Lord, boy, is beautiful because, you know, we try to be so slick and we try to, we try to act like, man, nothing can fade us, you know, and nothing can move us. And the Lord gets you in a tight jam, right? And then you'll forget all about that that you promised the Lord way back when. See, and you'll wonder why you're going through certain things in your life, troubles every time you turn around, trouble coming your way. And if you'll sit down and you'll think, the Lord will bring it to your remembrance what you promised him that you never did. Amen. Ecclesiastes 18:22. What does that say? Ecclesiasticus 18 and 22. Mm-hmm. Let nothing hinder thee to pay thy vow in due time. And defer not until death to be justified. See, the Lord is saying, don't defer until death. You have a lot of wives out there that's kind of like, that's weaning their, their love to their husbands. They're weaning their love. Well, if he, if he do this, I'm going to give him a little more of me. Little more. Little more. But remember that vow that you told the Lord that nobody knew about? The Lord is holding you responsible for that vow. And what does the Lord say? Ecclesiasticus 18 and 22. Mm -hmm. Let nothing hinder thee to pay thy vow in due time. Don't let nothing hinder you to pay that vow that you vowed to the Lord in due time. Which means the Lord is going to let you know when it's time to honor that vow. He's going to let you know. Come on. And defer not until death to be justified. The Lord said, don't wait on your deathbed to say, Lord, uh, or tell that person or get things right with that person. And, and the reason why I say that is because the Lord, he, the Bible says that he's not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So in your heart, you're saying, well, that I don't think they deserve to have the best of me because they have hurt me. Well, you know what? When you made the vow to the Lord, Lord, I promise that if you would just do this this one time, I will be a good wife to my husband, a good mother to my children. Do you know when you said that? That erased all of your other options. You know, they got they got this uh, 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 show called Deal or No Deal. And they have three lifelines. See, when you made that vow to the Lord, that erased all options. You have nothing else to fall back on. The only thing you need to focus on is what you promised him. Amen. All right. So let's move on. Let's go back to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 and 3 we uh, left off at. Proverbs 31 and verse 3. Mm -hmm. 
give not thy strength unto women. Okay, so the mother is instructing her son not to give his strength unto women. Okay, keep going. Nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Give me Second Second Samuel twenty-two and thirty-three. And then give me First Chronicles 16 and 11. Because when we're done with this study on, on the Proverbs 31 woman, a lot of women are going to feel like they haven't did anything right. And if you feel that way, that means you need to get busy like yesterday. Because we're running out of time and the Lord's coming back soon. And you don't want to be found naked. You have a lot of work to do, daughters of Zion. 2 Samuel 22 and 3. And then give me 1 Chronicles 16 and 11. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 3. Uh-huh. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. Amen. So this is that strength, okay, that she's referring to. She's not talking about strength that uh, this son can muster up in himself or the strength of the, the knowledge that the mother has given the son. This is talking about the strength that the Most High has for this son. She's leading him to the Most High, not to her and, and, and her worldly wisdom or whatever she's telling this boy. She's leading him to the strength, the one that is a giver of strength. Read that one more time. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. Amen. Now give me uh, 1 Chronicles 16 and 11, and then give me 1 Chronicles 29 and 12. 1 Chronicles 16 and 11. Mm -hmm. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Yes. Amen. So this is what the mother is doing to King Lemuel. Okay. First uh, Chronicles 29 and 12, what does that say? And then give me Second Chronicles 1 and 1. See, what we're going to understand is that we don't have time to play around. And there's a lot of you wives out there that's holding out on your husbands, holding out on your children, and holding out on family members and friends. You're not being the best mother, best friend, best Israelite woman that you could possibly be. You're holding out. You're holding back, but you're very unwise in doing so. First Chronicles 29 to 12, what does it say? You're thinking, you're thinking that you can somehow withhold, uh, you, you're actually trying to punish folks. You're trying to punish your husband. You may be trying to punish your children. You may be trying to punish family members, uh, friends, thinking that you're holding back the best of you. Don't you know that you can't be anything without the most high? You can be nothing without the Most High. Your beauty's fading. Your body's uh, rotting away. I mean, what do you have left? Um, 
First Chronicles 16:11. Uh, did you read that yet? Okay, second uh, First Chronicles 29 and 12. Who's got who's got that? First Chronicles 29 verse 12. Uh-huh. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. That's right. It's coming from the Most High. And she's doing the wise thing by leading her son to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Yahweh, Bahashim, Yahweh Shai. Second uh, Chronicles 1 and 11, 1 and 1. And then give me 1 Kings 11, 2 through 11. Second Chronicles 1 and 1. Mm -hmm. And Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom. And the Lord his God was with him and magnified him exceedingly. The Lord is the one that strengthened him. This is what she was meaning when she said strength. Uh, 1 Kings 11, 2 through 11. And it said prophecy, right? This is the prophecy that she said concerning Solomon. And then once he got in his kingdom, it says that the Lord strengthened him. See that? The prophecy came true. Because she did things that was pleasing to Yahweh. Bahashim Yahweh Shai. That's why it came to pass. 1 Kings 11, 2-11, what does that say? Of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go in to them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did, his, as did David his father. Then did Solomon build an high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. Praise God. And uh, so what I'd like to say to the, to the women out there, that's the mothers, okay, or future mothers, how you live in the sight of your sons will have an impact on them. It's going to have either a negative impact or it's going to have a positive impact. If you mouthing off with their dad, if you wearing clothing that's not suitable for a woman to wear, if you're doing anything that's violent commandments concerning the woman, that's going to have a negative impact in some way, shape, or form that's going to come back to make you look bad in the future concerning your sons. Okay? 
All right, so make sure that you line it up with the laws, statutes, and commandments as it pertains to the word of God. Okay, let's carry on with our Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 and 4. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 4. It is not for kings. And then somebody give me Ecclesiasticus 31, 27 through 30. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. Amen. Okay. So uh, Ecclesiasticus 31, 27 through 30, because I know it's a lot of men out there right now also, and, and women, that's thinking, oh man, you mean tell me I can't have anything to drink? Well, this is going to wrap everything up. Okay, read. Ecclesiasticus 31, 27 through 30. Mm-hmm. Wine is as good as life to a man, if it be drunk moderately. Did you hear that? If you drink wine moderately, and I would not recommend that you drink wine with a high alcohol content. Try to, try to get wine that's got the lowest alcohol content possible. Come on. What life is then to a man that is without wine? For it, it was made to make men glad. See, it was made to make you glad, man. It was made to make you glad, leader, husband. See, future leader of Israel, leader of your home, priest of your home, man of God. Come on. Wine measurably drunk, and in season bringeth gladness of the heart. See, what the Most High wants you to do is, He wants you, He's going to be that mother and that father to you. If you didn't, if you, you may have had a father in the home, but he wasn't a father that interacted with you, taught you from the scriptures, um, gave, made examples, uh, for you to see, uh, uh, with the eye, uh, concerning how to interact with his, your mom and, uh, your other brothers and sisters and even you. Okay. So what the most high is doing is he's guiding you here in these passages as it concerns to alcohol. And he's letting you know, son, I trust you that you're not going to over drink. I trust you that you're just going to drink sociably. I trust you that you're going to, uh, uh, drink responsibly. So this is what the most high wants you. He wants to train you as a son. He wants to take you under the shadow of his wing and he wants to train you. Amen. And likewise, the woman also. Come on. Bringeth gladness of the heart. See, wine, drunken moderation brings gladness of the heart. When my sons get old enough, we're all going to have a glass of wine together. I'm going to cook them a nice steak dinner and we're all going to have a glass of wine together to wash it down. Come on. And cheerfulness of the mind. But wine drunken with excess. See, wine drunken with excess. You know, the Bible also speaks of the wine of the world. Amen. The philosophies of, of the so-called devil, the white man. Amen. His philosophies make us drunk in the world. Have us staggering in sin. Come on. Maketh bitterness of the mind with brawling and quarreling. See, you, you want to fight people. Because what happens is, is that them spirits come out of you. Amen. Them deep down spirits. But that's also a plan of the most high to bring uh, hidden spirits out of you. A lot of times when we get drunk, real drunk, what happens is the fool comes out of us and we blurt all of what's in our heart out. See? 
So actually the most high is actually protecting you and, and keeping you from blurting out all your business and how you really feel. You feeling like a devil, you acting like a devil, you looking like a devil. And so Lord's trying to preserve you from looking that way. So he, so you can give him time to work with you and get these things out of your life so they don't embarrass you. Come on. Drunkenness increaseth the rage of a fool till he offend. It diminisheth strength and maketh wounds. See? Okay. How much time we got? 30 seconds. We got 30 seconds. All right. We'll be right back, y'all, with the uh, second part.